Good afternoon. Welcome to the channel. Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Another trade action that's kind of given us a mixed market feel on the day. We're going to really dive into kind of some of the factors that are they're pushing into these markets. No surprise, of course, we are dealing with the struggle that continues to happen with the soybeans, the harvest pressure that is underway. Um, really crop progress and interesting stuff when it comes to Beans, for example, coming off the combine, especially dry beans uh, from dry land fields. Uh, a lot of concern about the bean size. How's that going to add to the quality that's there? Also, cattle's been trading lower again after last week's high. And water concerns still happening on the Mississippi River. Lots to look at today as Sue Martin joins us. Sue is with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. Got to start out, Sue. Let's talk about the struggle that's happening with the beans. I know harvest is underway. Um, many are hoping that we'll get to see some some definite higher numbers coming off the trade. But as you look at the overall bean uh, picture, what's some of the biggest stress factors that you're seeing in this market trade? Well, I think when we look at beans, um, first off, we had cycle window timing last Friday, and it came in as a high. Um, it was also on that old saying, buy beans on, or sell beans on Rosh Hashanah, buy them back on Yom Kippur, which is Friday of this week. And uh, so we have that. And then there's uh, a more research seasonal, which seasonals don't give you any guarantees, but they kind of show what's been occurring or a pattern that the market has had over time. Well, on uh, October 17th, the seasonal was um, 13 out of the last 15 years. You'd sell beans on the 17th or close to that, and then uh, buy back, I believe, around October 2nd. Don't hold me to that, but I think it's it's early October. So there were lots. There was a cluster of uh, negatively. Um, inclined indications on the bean market. Now, one thing we will say is the yields that you hear first are probably going to be your worst yields. And then the yields later should be your better yields. But I will say now, um, one field came out not far from us and it was like 80 acres and it was 54.2, I believe it was bushels to the acre. And it went across the scale into town. The um, other yields I'm hearing, of course, in Nebraska, dry land, we knew it wouldn't be good. And we continue to not hear anything good out of dry land, be it corn or soybeans. Um, we've heard some corn yields in the 60s. And we've heard some bean yields in the teens. And so it was expected. But what we need to hear is what the yields are on irrigated. As far as the trade goes, you know, you look at corn and we've got 2.744, well, let me try it again, 2.774, 2,774,000 more acres this year than last year. And yet the corn market, I got to give it credit, it's holding remarkably well. But if you look at corn and you go back to the May low, through every low we've had since, today's low of 467 was on that trend line and the market's back up to 475 and a quarter we also have support around 471 and that's a price projection number keyed off of the weekly charts so that is also offering support here on the soybeans is where the market has been loaded long and therefore it's struggling more because of the fact that the market has weak longs in it. 
And it's also thought that farmers will let go of beans this fall as opposed to uh, selling corn and they'll bin the corn. Well, if they let go of the beans, you know, I think what we're seeing is some hedge pressure coming on beans this week because harvest is starting to get underway. And I think that's what we're experiencing is hedge pressure. But if we take the low of June 28th, which was a major low this year, and then cross it through the low of August 8th and extend it out, well, we hit that trend line uh, overnight. But on top of it, it was 29 trading days from August 20 or from June 28th to August 8th and 29 trading days again to yesterday. So last night's lows would qualify on that calendar date. So you're technically catching some support here. And the market is looking like it's a little overdone. I will say my weekly indicators that we follow are negative and they turned negative, you know, confirmed last Friday. And on the beans, corn, and wheat, our monthly indicators are beautiful. Um, on beans, they're both turned, the floater and the timer that we use, and the tricks. And long ways to go. On corn and uh, I think wheat, but corn is sitting at 1%, I believe, on both the floater and the timer on monthly data. Wheat is similar, very similar to the corn. I think we're looking at markets that at some point here are going to catch and start to turn around and come out of here. My concern is it may be that we put lows in in August. This could also be a year of a November low. But how we go about it, um, you know, it's hard to chase corn short down here. But I got to say, if you turn now and start to come through this trend line, now you're talking probably a move down to 440 and maybe even down to 420 on the board. And then cash will be under that. Well, when we come back, folks, we're going to take a look at other factors that are being pressured, especially when it comes to grain movement as harvest is underway. A lot of concerns about the Mississippi River as of yet. We'll also talk about the quality, what we're seeing, especially when we look at the numbers coming in on the harvest reports so far. And then on the flip side, take a look at what's going on in this cattle market. Um, still trading lower after what we saw in some highs of last week. What kind of pressure is going to be building in? And no surprise, the hogs pushing themselves into the green once again. Again, it's the Channel Final Bell on the World Radio Network. Challenge. It's not something you shy from. It's a chance to up your game. Every day brings a new challenge. But with the Enhanced Channel Seed brand on your side, you can rise to it. With our top-performing seed, innovative digital tools, and expanded agronomic support, you can turn tomorrow's challenges into your next advantage. Your Enhanced Channel Seed brand. Let's rise to the challenge. Learn more at channel.com slash rise. Read and follow pesticide label directions, IRM, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. KRVN. Welcome back to the channel. Final bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continuing our conversation this afternoon with Sue Martin. Of course, Sue is with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. And, you know, Sue, I've from a soybean perspective, I've heard a lot of this dry land beans coming in a lot smaller. Um, some of the pods only having two beans in them, but there's some concerns about the size of these pods as they get ready to put them into the system. Well, I think that's true. I've even heard of, you know, where the beans, again, are very, very small and 
discolored. And, you know, I will say I haven't seen much of that in our local area here in north central Iowa, but I sure have heard it in South Dakota. I've heard it in some parts of Illinois, and I've also heard it in parts of Nebraska. So I think that is something we're going to have to keep an eye on because the quality of this year's beans, I don't think is going to be as good. Now, the market normally never trades on that. What that happens is, is because of the poor quality, smaller beans, less oil content, what happens is, is that, and especially if they're discolored, is that it takes more beans to process in order to get that end result that you want to achieve. So there's a disappearance over time. And that will show up in USDA, USDA reports down the road in supply demand reports as disappearance or revisions. But the USDA is in control of when they put that out. But it does show, I mean, it, it's a big indicator that these beans will move through the system quickly. What are you hearing when it comes to, and we were talking about this during the commercial break, the Mississippi River, we know that there's still some water issues with because of lack of rain in so many areas. The Mississippi down into the Panama Canal, is this going to be a harvest glitch for us? Well, it, for now it is a little concern because our golf um, bids, basis levels are a little bit on the tenuous side, especially in corn. Uh, but I think we have to keep in mind there is rains in the forecast starting after this weekend that start coming through and maybe even starting this weekend, but come through. And it sounds like in the next 10 days, the rains that come through will keep pushing more towards the east. And that is thought that that'll help the, um, uh, Mississippi River improve on its water levels. And of course, um, you know, we want to see that. It'll slow up harvesting, of course, but we want to see that moisture because we need to be able to ship stuff downstream to load ships in the Gulf. Now, the uh, Panama Canal, that's a little different situation because that is so global. And when you have like 116 vessels waiting to come through that that canal, it's, it's, you know, and they're having to be lighter loaded to be able to get through. That is a big concern because it really slows up the shipping and the ability to get commodities, food, where it needs to go, and especially over to Asia. Switch gears over to the livestock side. We have a cattle on feed report that comes out this Friday. Is that part of the market pressure we're seeing right now for this cattle market? Well, I think the market has gotten pretty enthusiastic. You know, if you look at a weekly chart on fats, let's go say October fats, there's a a flag formation of of what we call the flagpole and then a pennant that has been waving. And when we got into the near the apex of that pennant, we broke out last week and the week before. And so we rallied into what I had for cycle window timing on last Friday. And it was a major cycle, and the market's reversed. But we've seen this many times where the market gets itself a little overdone, gives a nice little pullback, and then only to turn around and just explode right back at us. For now, however, my indicators on the weekly are turning negative, and the daily's going to confirm negative as well. The So I think the market's trying to pull give us a pullback, 
uh, we have a cattle on feed report out this week, and the placements should be down for August 6% or more. And on the marketings, they're expected to be down at least 6%. So, you know, the feeder market's been pretty hot. Oklahoma City yesterday was up 5 to $6 on um, steers and heifers. And then on calves, 6 to $7. You know, the Oklahoma City sale, and not only that one, but the winter auction, livestock auction in Dodge City, Kansas, very stout. And it's feeder calves that are very much in demand. Now, when we look at the forecast, there's forecasts of rain to come through, and it's in cattle country. That is good because it'll help solidify or maybe um, give some life to these pastures. Good. Lots of great stuff, Sue. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Well, our number is 1-800-527-0051. And you all have a great day. Thanks so much. Sue Martin joining us today. It is a channel final bell. As we always remind you, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. And that's the channel final bell being brought to you by the folks at Channel on all their local dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network.